Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. The games of the decade. And we're in 2017. And I don't know if this is going to be perhaps the longest episode of all of them. Because my lord, this year was absolutely... I don't know <laughs> what more adjectives you can get. This is the year of the Switch. The year of the Switch showed you how to do a year one of release with so many ridiculously great games. And and, and if you don't include the Switch, there's so many other uh, games that came out on uh, PlayStation, PC, and others that were just like, Lord, how do you pick a game of the year? And we're going to have to do that again uh, to go through this. So... Thankfully, I'm not here on myself uh, to do these honors. Uh, we got a full cast here for this, so I'm your host, Sean Grammer. Here with me, as usual, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. Also here, Jens Dietrich. Salutations. Randy Isbell. Hello. And Daniel Anderson. Hello. So... <laughs> Also, the the website was in full swing at this point, so uh, we had a full written top 25 uh, for that one, uh, which was uh, done by the the whole staff, and uh, it's interesting to see some of the games that made that list that are not on the list, you know, the redo list at all, so it's... uh, kind of funny to look at that we'll, we'll go through that when i do the the counting down but yeah th- this i can already tell we're gonna have plenty to <laughs> to discuss trying to make this a top 10 this is this is like you're gonna have to cut down your kids or something here i don't know this is this is insane so right now super mario odyssey is number one i persona 5 number two legend of zelda Breath of the Wild at number 3, Horizon Zero Dawn 4, Nier Automata 5, Cuphead 6, Yakuza 0, 7, South Park, Fractured Butthole 8, PUBG at 9, Divinity Original Sin 2 at 10, Resident Evil 7 at 11, Neo, Hollow Knight, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 are tied for 12th, Uncharted Lost Legacy and Puyo Puyo Tetris tied for 15th, and just missing out, what remains of Edith Finch, Sonic Mania, and Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice are tied for 17th. And if you go to what we thought on the website at the time, Assassin's Creed Origins is nowhere on this on the list we have now, and it was 9th back then. And, and of course, if I let Mark 
talk for 20 minutes, he'll tell you all about why he hates Assassin's Creed Origins. And Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, was on that list. And it's nowhere near any of this either. So That's it's, unfathomable <clears throat> to me, considering the year. Yeah, considering the year. And it's funny because, you know, you go back and I think a lot of us like the story, but you forget how broken the difficulty system was and some other things uh, too. Yeah, I, couldn't, so. I couldn't finish that game. Uh, you had like, to put it on like, baby mode like to finish it sometimes. <laughs> I want to shout out to Gravity Rush 2 and everything as games that I loved they're, they're and cool. wish were on the list. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Mark loved everything. So yeah. he reviewed I it. I love everything. <laughs> and uh, Night in the Woods was one of my favorite games that, that year. So I want to give it a shout out too. Uh, so I, I, I think this li- this uh, run of podcasts has proven that Mark does not love everything. Except for Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> so or bad, or bad games that you all seem to like for some unknown reason. <laughs> just Jen. Just Jen. No, you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tight. What can I say? It's okay. Having a type is okay. Uh, so sometimes that can cripple you, you know, but, um, so, all right, we got to start, you know, <laughs> picking the well, support. I, we go ahead. Cut South Park. We, we mentioned it off the air, but yeah. that's gone. Yeah. And we've, we've discussed on previous episodes how it's good. It's not as good as its predecessor. Um, I would say it's remarkably worse than its predecessor. Well, that's kind of a problem. That's arguable, but I don't think it's a top ten game. Is the main thing. I would say that I did like the strategy, like game element. Like I thought that was going to make it worse, and it actually didn't hurt it that bad. Like I wound up liking it. So yeah, I enjoyed it too. I mean, I was one of the big defenders of it. Uh, I will say, I don't think it was necessarily as bad as people think it was. I think it's more it just was not as good as Stick of Truth and whereas Stick of Truth came out of nowhere nobody expected it to be any good due to all the delays and everything associated with the problems of making it when you had Fractured Butthole announced everybody, it suddenly had to live up to what in some cases was seen as a game of the year at the time. Yeah, I just think for me personally, um, Stick of Truth, the there are sequences that have stuck with me more, gags that have stuck with me more. And yeah. generally, I prefer, I think the fantasy role-playing conceit works better than the superhero. Yeah, because it's, it's something that they are much, I mean, they already had an episode that made fun of War, World of Warcraft. And they, like, it seemed like. You know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone could nail the jokes making fun of that a lot better than the superhero stuff, you know. And at that time, also, I think we hadn't gotten... I think, actually, if that game came out now and they were able to hit those jokes, it might work now because I think people are starting to start to feel that Marvel bloat and that Marvel exhaustion a bit. Whereas in 2017, it was still kind of, it was on the upswing more. So, you know. But all right, okay. So we did the removing. What are we going to put in its place? 
Um, Who are you up for your Tetris? <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Mark. I know you love that game. But, well, uh, I'll go ahead and jump in and make a case for Resident Evil 7. I Now, I have a unique view of it. It was one of the very first games I played when I got my PSVR headset, and I loved the game. It is completely different playing it in VR than it is just playing it in a normal style, and it was a great game in VR. I think that it deserves to be in the top ten lists just because of how good it was in VR and how immersive it actually felt. Yeah, the fact that you could play that entire game in VR is amazing. I only had a VR for a little bit. We had financial issues, so I I only had a VR for a few months, but that was a game I definitely played a a good portion of. I don't know how anybody could finish it, because it was spooky. And I I more spent my time in Resident Evil 7 with the, the VR headset just wandering around and seeing what I could break. And you can't really break a lot of that game. Like, I... Because you could stick your head in the, the refrigerator, and there's stuff behind things that you normally couldn't see. And it's like the detail that they added to that game was fantastic. Not to mention that it was a great return to form for that series. Uh, it does get a little action packed in, in the, the later half of the game, and and I wish the last two hours of the game wasn't included at all. But that first section of Resident Evil was so good, and just like the gave you the creep feels completely it was resident evil meets outlast and it was a perfect marriage uh, i'm also going i can also vouch for the it's great in vr and like i played a large chunk of that game in the vr and i was i don't know how many times i think i had to take it off because i got scared <laughs> like playing it at night with in a dark room and i'm just like Holy crap, why did I make this decision? Why am I making this decision right now? But it was like, it, it was so good. Uh, just, uh, not to mention, like, the, the characters for the, that whole bad family were, like, really well done, too. You know, and the, just, yeah, like you said, Randy, the, that end of the game isn't great, but a large part of it is. Another fond memory I have of the game is. That was the first game I made my wife play when she tr- wanted to try on the VR headset. And <laughs> I still had the video of her reaction during the game, and it's wonderful. Uh, so, this is one of those times that I, the whole influential and important things really hurts because, like, I don't have any connection to PUBG. I know some people do. Uh, it's obviously the first, like, Battle Royale. You know, without it, you wouldn't have Fortnite uh, and Apex and everything that came after it. Does that mean we have to cut it off the list automatically now? <laughs> no, That's I'm saying... The I, the culture? Yeah. It right? The culture. It did poison our culture, but it's a movement of the late 2010s. You know? It's... it's well, Whether... also, at the time, I mean, if you're looking at the time when it came out, it was one of the most popular games. And, I mean, it was a good game for what it was at the time. I mean, I will give it this. Without PUBG, I would not have Tetris 99. Amen. That's true. <laughs> and and as, 
as somebody that's played over 100 hours in PUBG, and for anybody that knows me, 100 hours anymore is a ridiculously long amount of time. Uh, 2017 is so stacked that I could see it not making our top 10 here, but like Sean said, being a part of the influential thing and still making the top 100 for the decade. But, I mean, over PUBG, I would put Hollow Knight. I mean, that game is fantastic. And What Remains of Edith Finch is a game that I played last year, uh, just catching up on things. It is amazing. I, I don't know if I've played a story that hit me as hard as as that game in so many different sections. Uh, you're, a just, big, you're a big fan of these walking simulator games, aren't you? <laughs> I've played a hey, couple. what's wrong I, I with these? Played, walk- nothing wrong with them. You guys like, but but what remains of Edith Finch is is it is it is a walking simulator. You're going through this house and you're going through all these memories, and some of the stuff you go through is is so unnerving and tough to watch, but. You just can't stop like figuring out what happened to the rest of this family and why this house is now abandoned and why there's these extra things that are these additions that happen to the house and the stories behind all of them. It's so good. But again, it's 2017 and it's so tough to come up with just 10. Oh, I agree with you on that, too. Like you said it perfectly. I don't need to say anything else about either Finch. That game is uh, playing it on the Switch is you know, just the perfect game to have portably and it like does all the feels and sorry, Jens, I cut you off, but just wanted to Oh no, it's okay. I was changing the subject, so it's good that you you got your words in about Edith Finch. Uh, I just wanted I just wanted yeah, to make right. a case for Neo being one of the best Souls likes. Um and a beautiful evolution of that formula, basically bringing in the Ninja Gaiden type combat and bringing in an insane amount of depth and customization uh, to it plus plus a fantastic loot system like really everything about like the the amount of like th- there are so many ways so many play styles that you can go with with that and so many ways to build your character and it all feels great like there's not really like regardless of how I've played it I've never really broken it and the boss designs are amazing. The level designs are amazing. The art style is fantastic. Um, it's one of the best ones of those. I mean, I, I'll take it over. I'll take it over Dark Souls three for sure. Since we cut Dark Souls three out of the previous one, um, I think it's a lot better than that. Oh, uh, when we're when we're here again in ten years, and they have Neo three. <laughs> well, I, I mean, thought Neo you liked probably not this. I thought you liked this one, Mark. It's okay. I guess not my favorite. I mean, you tried to play it, but like the, the online was kind of screwed up, screwed up for both yeah, of us. Yeah, that's one strike against it is that the um, the online is pretty bad. Like you can basically only play levels that you've already played uh, solo, um, also, and not, you have to kind of pick them from a menu. I mean, it's not like a Dark Souls because like you have literally a, me- like a level selector, like a mission selector. Like, it's not like a you know a whole big world to explore, which I kind of actually liked. <laughs> Right, but I, I do kind of like these more self-contained. Again, they're they're more self-contained kind of labyrinths. Yeah. Um, but they're they're really really good. Uh, I just think it's a great. It, it's one of the great ones in that genre, and I think I should probably make the list. I, I'm a huge Yakuza fan. I've been playing Yakuza since the original came out on PS2 back in the day. Uh, love that series to death. I am going to make a weird half-hearted argument for cutting Yakuza Zero. Wow. Uh, so. 
I, I can understand that like it's the Yakuza game that made people like it saved that series. Like I'll always give it credit for saving the series. Like the whole reason why Yakuza games are coming west now, why I still can play them, um, is because of Yakuza Zero, and it deserves all the credit for that. I think it's probably the most overrated game in the series. Wow! Uh, it it does not like narratively does not connect well to the original Yakuza. Like all the stuff they do with Nishiki, kind of fucks up the emotional arc of original Yakuza. Um, Majima is a totally different person in this game than he is in any of the subsequent. Yakuza's and they do not explain what the fuck happened like how he changed from being a reasonable kind of do-gooder guy to being the the psychopath who loves to fight for a challenge in every other Yakuza so okay, there's just, an actual character in Yakuza 0 which is nice well but it's like he's a totally different character well yeah he's, an, he's a character he's not some no. jackass he's laughs constantly Okay, well, you're also like going by like the Kiwami. You're going by the the remake stuff. I, I I've not even played the Kiwamis because I, that, I, again I got like burned out on them at some point. Um, six is the last one I played, but the uh, I, I just and there, there's just, there's a lot of grind to it, um, especially with the the real estate stuff. As opposed to the other Yakuza games. Ah, yeah, I mean, less. there's grind in all of them, though. Yes, but not to the degree that Zero has. I feel like Zero... See, I, um, no, I, I will disagree with you on about the grind, because I think the real estate stuff makes it way easier, because your experience is your money. So and I don't, like the, I don't like that. I absolutely well, do not. That's, that's one thing I really dislike about it, is that they... Like, combining combining your money and your, and your experience into one thing is, uh, to me, a, a, a bad change. No, I like sure. that because it's better than some like a bit like Byzantine system that they have in the current ones. Where it's like, how do I how do I build up the yellow one? I, I don't know. Okay, how do you I, build I, the pink one. I, I don't. Know. I don't like, like the really. What like, I, I really like uh, Yakuza leveling system from like one through four. Like I thought that was the sweet spot. And then by the time uh, you know we get we get to like five and and uh, zero, it's they're they're getting kind of. They're 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 doing more like, like well, what is this Final Fantasy thirteen? <laughs> well, plus you can take on this Mr. Shakedown guys and you could there to get a whole bunch of money and experience. Sure, but even that becomes that becomes weirdly trivial. Oh yeah. Uh, also, I mean, once you get an electric shotgun, those guys those guys gonna want to hit. <laughs> I I just um, I don't know. I just don't like it nearly as much as the other ones. I just and everybody talks about it like it's the yeah, greatest Yakuza you game. You're the you're the one guy who played the original one, so everyone else who didn't. You know, which is ninety nine percent of the population likes it more than the other ones. Well, they just don't have the frame of reference, I guess. I don't know. You're like, it's you're like the guy it's who, fine. You, you won't enjoy film eight because you haven't seen the one through seven first. <laughs> well, yeah, but this, it's also like it's trying to be a prequel. I just, I just don't think it's great at being a prequel. Like there are things about it that are cool, like the way that it establishes the empty lot as being basically the Millennium Tower in later games, which is a great little callback and. It does fill in some stuff really well, but then other things, it's just, okay, these characters are completely, and Kiryu, too, like, everybody's completely inconsistent with how they were defined in original Yakuza, and it, it doesn't work very well for me as a story. Well, it's Dan, so... <laughs> uh, well? Anyway, I'm just saying, like, if we're going to cut something, like, I feel like Neo or Xenoblade Chronicles 2 could both go on this list. I think we could get PUBG and get both those games on there instead. Well, I will, I will champion Xenoblade Chronicles 2 because it was my favorite game from that year. Uh, aside from the, 
I wish they wouldn't have had the gotcha system for how you get the the uh, I forgot what they call them. The UNs help me. <laughs> the I don't remember. It's been too long. My my main thing with Xenoblade Chronicles Two is I just know that like the characters have become like a thing that I just see people doing. I see Pyra art on Twitter to this day. Like every time I log into Twitter, somebody has drawn Pyra. Yeah, Mithra art uh, as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they make statues of them still. That uh, you know, there's like something about that. That game has had a, a longevity in terms of well, and then also things. like the characters are much more realized, I think, than in the first game. They're a lot funnier. Like he, this is the first um, out of the three. I forgot what the name of the damn bunny is, but I know it's Tora. But I can't remember what their their species is or whatever. Like he's the only one I could actually stand out of three games. Like he's actually funny and he's not annoying. And then like, um, uh, Rex is yeah, uh, you know, Shulk is much better than Rex. But you know, Rex kind of just falls into that like the anime trope guy. But it, that world is also just so alive and like. You can go anywhere and you run into monsters that are like level 80 and then also like level whatever your level is. And it's like, and at any point, things just happen. And yes, and the story is actually, I, I really enjoy the story as well. Um, just some of the, the music is absolutely fantastic. It's like one of the best soundtracks in all of video games. Uh, I'll still yes, put that Nora on. Mitsuka, one of my favorite composers. I mean, oh, of course, freaking Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger guy. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I wish they would go uh, let them make a Xenoblade Orchestra. I would go watch it. Um, I, I I will if you if you want. I'm just I've got the eight disc soundtrack album up, whatever the the huge one. So yeah, if you want it. <laughs> well, no, I meant like you know how Final Fantasy has the. Where you can go see oh. them at a, at an orchestra, it'd be oh, great yeah, if I, they did that with the I Xenoblade would love it series. In concert, but but I mean, yeah. like the the it is already fairly orchestral when it's not being like a weird poppy or like the hip hop. Like that's like another thing I like about that soundtrack too is that there's so many different musical styles represented in it too. It's like oh, you've yeah. got your traditional orchestral and choral things, but it's also like here's a rock track, here's a hip hop track, here's here's just like a weird experimental you know like soundscape thing. And it all works depending on where you where you are in what world you're in and all that stuff. I mean, it, jazz. yeah, it's 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 so good. And uh, I mean, there's a reason why they are sort of remaking the first one in the second one's vein as well. I think because it like if you go back and play the first one, it's a little bit like difficult. You know, to kind of understand, it takes a while. And the second one does also have... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That thing where I didn't... Oh, that systems. Yeah, I mean, like, like, I didn't know you could do the combo thing until, like, almost toward the end of the game. 
I had played that game almost the entire way without knowing what the combos did. And then when I finally got it, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Okay. Yeah, I love it. And also, I love, um, what's her name? The, the, the one that has the, the Bridget as the, the police, the cop female. I can't remember her name. But she's great, uh, as, uh, it's been so long since I played this game, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just it's it's one of the games that like I've sat there and I I thought about it when I wasn't playing it. It's it's a uh, and I would go home from work and I want to keep playing it and it's a freaking eighty hour game and it was it was great. So, um, I mean, yeah. Also, I think Hollow Knight does. Dark Souls, it, Metroidvania. Was it what? Was it Fiora? No. No, no. Okay. That's uh, that's from the first game. Fiora is... I oh, can't... Yeah, Fiora is Klaus. Sorry, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Gosh. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been too long. But, yeah. Uh, one thing I'll say, if we're talking about cutting games to make room for some of the others, there's one game that's in the top ten right now that wasn't even on our top 15 at the time. Uh-huh. And that's Cuphead. And I don't know, yeah. I don't remember exactly why it wasn't. I think only I had played it at that time. So, uh, we weren't, like, totally fighting for it. We also knew that we had so many freaking games at the top that it was, like, difficult for for us to, like, go through and say, okay, Cuphead needs to be higher than all these games. It's just, if you think about Cuphead... uh, Wasn't it initially almost broken upon release as well? Like something wasn't working right? No, it was fine, wasn't it? Oh, no, the the thing that was the problem was the uh, you couldn't beat the game on easy mode. That they had to patch that in later. Right, but that was a design decision. That was not, it was not broken or anything. It's Uh, just a... Easy mode really existed only as a training kind of thing, I guess. I just rem- I remember there being some issue with it right at release, but I mean, and that might be it. I just I don't have a I stuff. I in just front don't of me like reference, I, but I think some of the ghost, the ones where you had to like do the stuff with the ghost was also messed up or mm. or whatever. So, Randy, you love platformers, so. Like, where do you stand? As a fan of, like, Super Meat Boy and stuff like that, super hard platformers, where do you stand on Cuphead? Uh, sadly, I've only played a little bit of Cuphead. Uh, but from what I've played, it's fantastic. I've gotten six or seven levels into it. It's just I don't touch my Xbox as often. So it just kind of has sat there. And, no one does. <laughs> but the little bit I've played of it, I thought it was a fantastic game. And I've watched a lot of people play it and... Okay. It's such a smooth platformer, too. I know that it's another one of those games, like you were saying, with Super Meat Boy, where any mistake that you make, you know it's your your fault. It's it's not from bad controls or something. I mean, obviously, the animations are absolutely out of this world, and the soundtrack is fantastic, yeah, it's too. beautiful. It's the, the, the art style really is the main thing about that game for me. I personally, the thing that breaks it for me that makes me not like it is the, ran, the, the randomization of the enemies. Which mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm not good enough at that kind of game to deal with randomized enemies. I have to be able to memorize the patterns. And Cuphead the bosses have the, the bosses. bosses do let you, yeah, yeah, to some degree. 
Um, I don't know. I was going to advocate for cutting it, but if if Randy says it's it's uh, the bee's knees, then uh, yeah, it's, it's solid. That, that's the uh, box yeah. quote. <laughs> well, appropriate for the era, well, whatever the era is. I will say, Hollow Knight also is one of those like indie games that I think for its. I think a lot of people didn't even know it existed until it showed up on Switch a year later, like early in the 2017. And then it just became this explosion of, oh my God, Hollow Knight. Oh my God, Hollow Knight. And then I played it and I was like, okay, I totally get this. Like it's, it's hard. It's, uh, it's almost like a dark souls of Metroidvania or whatever, but it's, I mean, I love its world. I love the way it looks. It's, it's just a really well-made game that, like, certainly it punishes you, but it rewards you as well when you finally get it. And it's just, I I really appreciated that for for an indie game for them to do that well. So, I guess what I'm looking at is, would we consider Cuphead and Hollow Knight as more influential than Top Ten, given the other choices that we have? Yeah, oh, I think... For sure. I think PUBG, we keep that on there because not only was it obviously paved the way for the other Battle Royales, but it was a great game at the time that was, yes, it was an early access until about almost at the end when it hit the Xbox, but it was one of the most talked about, most important games of that year. You couldn't go throughout that year. I mean... I think you also had the... Did the lawsuit happen at the end of that year? Or was it 2018 with it and Fortnite? No, that was after because Fortnite... The Battle Royale for Fortnite didn't show up until 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was after. So, I mean, just... I think if we're going to keep one influential game or whatever, PUBG stays on, but... Okay, I mean, if we're only cutting one, we just have to pick one... Well, we cut South Park, and then we can cut Cuphead too. Are we? If Are we, we want to move? Cuphead? I mean, I, f- I feel like Randy talked me out of it. I don't know. I feel like we all talked way more about enjoying Resident Evil Seven. Well, and I think, uh, I mean, again, it—it's not saying that Cuphead isn't a good game and won't be on the top one hundred, but. Is it as good as some of the other choices that we have for this year? Yeah, for this year, and that's where I'm not sure if it is or not. Right, I guess I'm going to give up on Neo. I don't think Neo is going to happen. Also, we haven't even mentioned it, but Hellblade was an absolutely fantastic game for that year. Um, and I mean, the atmosphere alone—you play that game with headphones, it absolutely can make you go out of your mind just with the thing. The voice is talking to you just like if it's you're being her, and the absolute the setting for that game was was just something else. Like I, I don't think you you don't see that many games. It's it's not only narrative based, but it's also got combat, which is really good. And it was diff- it got difficult later, and just the way it told its story is absolutely just. I think it's a, the reason why there's a Hellblade 2 and it's that the lead game aside from Halo that they're going with for the Xbox Series X. I mean, 
you know, it's it's something that stuck with me for that year. I, you know, it's another game that I really, when I was done playing it, I was like, wow, this is an experience I haven't felt playing a game in a long time. So, I think we ended up having it at eleven or something. I was gonna say, what's the one game from the from those nine would cut? Nine. Well, I mean, the only one. I, Jens is saying Yakuza. I'm saying Cuphead. Um, I mean, I'm on board of cutting Cuphead instead of Yakuza. It is Yakuza did save the series for the West. Yeah, because we did kind of use that same criteria for Final Awakening. So a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it gets put. Ooh, I don't like I don't like PUBG that high. I, I'm just moving them up. Okay. Yeah, I guess put Xenoblade and what Resident Evil then. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Well. For the three people that played it, that wasn't me. I remember Daniel and Mark absolutely loving Divinity, Original Jen Sin Two, and Jens likes Divinity. it as well. I love it as a co-op game. Like that is the closest that I've ever come to like old being able to play. Like playing Divinity with my friend back in Germany is kind of like when we used to play pen and paper D and D together back in the day. I guess the closest we've come. Like they've really done a great job of evolving the way the co-op decision making works. Uh, where like it, because it, in Divinity One, it's just like a, you play a little rock paper scissors game to decide, and then it just takes whoever, um, who's ever decision, whoever wins, that's the one the game goes with. Whereas here, it's much more dynamic, and it's based on who your character is, and all of your characters have backstories, as we discussed in the previous podcast. It's more like Dragon Age, the original one, um, Origins, where where you have each character has like its own little start and its own little character quest in addition to the main game, and it affects the story and affects how they interact with each other, and it affects uh, co-op in interesting ways. So they've really thought through um, how to take the original Divinity, which was already an amazing game, and just, you know, take it to the next level. Well, I mean, I feel like, nah, that was well said, Jens, I feel like <laughs> PUBG could go at the bottom of the list. It's there, but... Please. I think the rest of these games they have more support. <laughs> have a lot more support than it. I just and yeah. I, then we got to figure out this top five. So, so, Persona, uh, Persona Five to number one. Near Automata number two, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think uh, Breath of the Wild should probably be number one still. Don't agree. No. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. Is great. It is a great game. The exploration was fantastic. Uh, the weapon durability is a big uh, strike against it, obviously. Yeah, but once and you I get the master like... sword, that doesn't. No, it still it still breaks. Yeah, under the power. 
I don't like all of the puzzle and dungeon design in this, but I, I love the general overworld exploration and a lot of the... Um, it really feels rewarding once you start like leveling up your climbing and stuff, being able to do more. I mean, it's almost like Death Stranding where it hobbles you so much in the beginning that once you're actually able to do stuff, it feels really great. Also, yeah. Zelda's, Zelda's game is also fragile. But I just... Uh, Compared to Super, like Super Mario Odyssey, is just such a complete joy. Like yeah. such a brilliantly designed game with just so much variety and so many things to discover around every corner, and so many interesting, unique mechanics that you unlock by way of possessing people. Like they had to all those different constructions. And each one of the worlds out, is just work. special, and like it just makes you smile the whole time. It's, it's so great. Like as much as I love Persona Five as a story and as a Persona game, and because I love the characters, like Persona Five is probably closer to my heart a little bit than Super Mario Odyssey. But I think as a pure game from pure game design standpoint, I think Super Mario Odyssey should be number one. No, well, I mean, I I beat Persona Five once, and then I played th- three more times to get all the stupid trophies. Like, I mean, I beat Mario Odyssey for the first run, and I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm okay. I don't use you didn't go back to try and get all of I the. I saw some of them, but I was like, yeah, yeah. all right. Like, this isn't, just... like this. There's no like big reward here, or there's no like. I mean, I got like the uh, cool like like Mario sixty four skin, and I was like, all right, I'm. I've accomplished my goal in this game. <laughs> the reward is discovering all the neat little things that's in every nook and cranny of that game. Yeah, I agree. Well, I felt the same way. I. After I beat it the first time, I never really went back and played it. Yeah, uh, like, but with Zelda, I did. Wow, that's—I I don't know if I could go back to Breath of the Wild. Like I, that was a one and done for me, just because there there's so much. Like for all of the high highs of that game, there's also really low lows and a lot of downtime. It's kind of the same thing where, as much as you know, we put Death Stranding as our number one of 2019. But and and I you know supported you on that, but I just I don't think I could go I wouldn't you know I wouldn't replay that because yeah. like so much of it is drudgery. I mean it's good drudgery that makes the thing more memorable, makes it feel like a journey, right? But it's not necessarily something that you want to do again. But so, I will I say, I, Daniel is not alone, and the, there are a lot of people that love that game so much they go back into it just to explore. Just to find things, just to find more shrines, just to, you know, cook. Yeah, but it's just, at a certain point, you just kind of do it like, it's like, all right, well, there's either going to be maybe a heart container or some upgrade thing, but it's not like, it's not like game breaking or like, you know, it's not like a huge new item. It's like, eh, it's more, it's one of these, going to be one of these three things. That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think something that all of these games, the top five, have in common is, uh, you could put any of their soundtracks on, and you'd be, you'd be good. Uh, <laughs> you I'm know? not sure about Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I mean, there are people who love that though. It's a little bit too modern for me. But yeah, yeah Neo Automata is an all timer. Persona Five is an all timer. I like Super Mario Odyssey a lot. Super Mario Odyssey is just like that's all. It's it's great for its own. You know what is. Uh, of course, they overplayed that jump up superstar or whatever, but you know it is what it is. And of course, back to the least, wild. I think we could at least move Horizons that are down to number five. <laughs> I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I mean, Randy, you being the 
Did you get to play a lot of Horizon? I, yeah, it's like Cuphead. Again, there's so much stuff in 2017, 2018 that I'm still playing catch up. Uh, they're actually finally just put Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation now, so I can finally get my hands on that one. Uh, I, I mean, I played it at release and I beat it, and I I can I can tell you like ending spoiler, but there's nothing else I can tell you about that game because like this story is just so like predictable. <laughs> the ending is memorable though. Yeah, that's I mean that's why I can. I liked going around and hunting in that game and exploring. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling the same. I would even be willing to put Zero Dawn above Breath of the Wild just because I think it it didn't have the weapon mechanic of the degrading weapons that kind of annoyed me in Breath of the Wild. Zelda number five. <laughs> well, well, to make a no. case for Neo Automata, like Neo Automata is a great open world game. It is a great platinum game in terms of the combat system, but most of all, it is one of the most amazing bits of storytelling in a video game. I agree. Yeah, like people, there are some complaints about near like the map is. I didn't really have a problem with the map, but I know a lot of people did. Like they couldn't get figure it out, and it's like no, it's supposed to look junky and shitty. Like that's kind of the point. <laughs> Everything. But the interface design has a point and is brilliant in my mind. I vote for putting near at three and then dropping the other two down. Yeah, if you just move near to three, I'd be pretty happy with this list, actually. All right, uh... And I want to make a case for Xenoblade at least above Resident Evil 7. Oh, wait, we're supposed to move PUBG down to 10. Yes. So, alright, I mean, not gonna, not gonna keep arguing for Persona 5 at number 1. I mean, I would, but you're all wrong, and wouldn't and don't see the brilliance of that game except for maybe Yen's. So, well, hey, I didn't say it's not brilliant. It's just here. Here's yeah. the, here's the thing of Persona Five. Uh, I still think Persona Four is better. Uh, Persona Five has a couple of dungeons that really pissed me off. Uh, Which specific, ones? Specifically, the one where you have to open the the space station, where you have to open oh, the yeah. doors in a certain order. And the one where you have to shrink to mouse size to make it through yeah, certain areas. Yeah, the last two dungeons. <laughs> Those are both bad dungeons. So, like, I don't think it's by any means the best Persona game. I think it's maybe my... There are aspects of the story that are more interesting than any other Persona game. And specifically the the political stuff and the cultural stuff is really interesting in that. And again, I love the cast. But uh, I don't think it's... It's not like... You know, when Persona 4 came out, it was my game of the year, you know, or, or, or Persona 4 Golden was my game of the year the year that came out. So, it's not quite, it's not quite that. It's not quite as good to me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whereas where Super Mario Odyssey may be my favorite Mario, like straight up, best Mario game. I realized that, you know, Mario 3, there are a lot of great Mario games. It's a, a tough field to compete in but it's just at least of the 3d ones it's just so above and beyond like more so than galaxy or galaxy 2 even wow high praise sunshine Uh, i I know i know you hate that i think sunshine's okay 
I think Sunshine gets a bad rap. It's got its moments. I wish they would get to remake it on for Switch or something. Yeah, but I do agree because they didn't get to finish that game. It felt like they rushed it. Like there was things, you know, they they could have added out because like the the GameCube lineup was like bad at the time. Yeah, like crap. No one's buying Luigi's Mansion, even though it's good. Let's let's put this out real quick. I I would support you, Sean, on flipping Resident Evil and Xenoblade, but I I don't know how, how everybody else feels about it. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with it if you guys feel that strongly about it. All right. But. There you go. We have our top 10 for 2017, uh, which looks a lot different than the one we did uh, back in the day. So it's it's funny how we've uh, flipped things from back then. Super Mario Odyssey is your game of the year now for 2017. Persona 5, number 2. That's the one that stayed where it was. Uh, Near Automata at 3. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 4. Horizon Zero Dawn at 5. Yakuza 0 at 6. Divinity Original Sin 2 at 7. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 at 8. Resident Evil 7. Biohazard at 9. And PUBG. Players Unknown Battleground at 10. So there you go. Uh, now we get to... Move on to 2018 and 2019 in one podcast. Hopefully you like what you heard. If you did, hit subscribe. You can get video games to the max anytime we have an episode drop. And yeah, join us pretty quickly for 2018 and 2019. So we'll uh, see you then. Later, everyone.